Hello and welcome to Say When, a geeky podcast. It's the 23rd of May, 2018, and this is episode 10. We think we're ready for Solo. I'm Sally. And I'm Melissa. What's been keeping you busy these days, Melissa? Well, the weather's nice and I'm getting back into hiking. Mm. Um, I think. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? Um <laughs> My summertime goal is to try to hit up as many of the state parks or maybe national parks in Georgia that I can. Um, I still haven't found any really good bike trails in my new location. Sad face. Mm. I need to do some more exploring because I love riding my bike. Mm -hmm. But um, meanwhile, my boyfriend's trying to sabotage me and turn me into a gamer (laughs) again. that's not nice. I no, I know, right? I'm like, do you want me to get fat? Because I like to cook and eat too much. So having a desk job and sitting and playing video games, yeah. I'm going to have to make some more time for regular exercise. How have you been, Sally? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm pretty good. Uh, summer semester has started, so we are... In full swing, and I personally just want to go float on the lake, maybe sit on a pontoon boat with a with some beverage that I enjoy and have my feet up and get a little bit of a tan. Um, mm. Speaking of walking, I've been trying to get back into it, but I do find it cruel and unfair that you must exercise more than once in order to be in shape. I think it's wrong on all levels. I don't know about <laughs> you. But I think it's wrong on all levels. I totally agree. I ate right today, and I walked today. I should have lost five pounds. Right. And it shouldn't come back, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. Instead, instead we smell a sweet something and gain five pounds. That's kind of how it seems to work I was scrolling, (laughs) and I saw this recipe for, like, Reese's peanut butter cup banana pudding I was like oh great I can no longer wear my pants anymore I just saw the video and I was like oh my gosh it's terrible struggle is real yes right Mm. hashtag the struggle is real okay so I guess we need to talk about the red suited elephant in the room Deadpool have you seen it yet yes I did I saw it this past Saturday Mm -hmm. and it was just as entertaining as the first one full of sarcasm and awesome Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's definitely enough material there for a complete podcast so we'll have to get that out sometime next week fingers crossed Yeah. yeah but in the meantime it's a great movie go see it Okay. Disappointed. So there's your spoiler-free review. Perfect. (laughs) I have not seen it yet, but I will do everything I can to get there before the next podcast. Um, We do have kind of a Star Wars-heavy episode in terms of news and notables. Um, A lot of news dropped, and I think some of this stuff is, is stuff that's come out along and along and we just haven't really touched on it yet so I thought we could do that in conjunction potentially with this this episode uh first of all Jean Favreau is in charge of a live action Star Wars show coming to the Disney streaming service which is set to launch in 2019 had you heard about the streaming service Melissa I I think you had mentioned it to me and that was the first I'd heard of it okay well can you imagine I mean Disney streaming holy crap all the movies Marvel is part of Disney 
I mean, this could be massive, right? I mean, apparently Disney wants all of our money. Um, of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I found this on Tumblr of all places, and this came out on Nerdist. Um, Favreau opened up about this new live-action series and uh, revealed that he actually wrote four scripts while making his pitch to Disney, um, and the samples are apparently uh, fairly popular amongst the powers that be. And he also, Favreau, let us know that the series is going to take place six years after the um, Battle of Yavin, which makes it um, about three years after Return of the Jedi. So, um, yeah, what do you think about that timeline? Is that is that a, a time period that you're interested in? Uh, the rebellion has won, but they're trying to get things sorted out. Is that is that something you're interested in, Melissa? As a show? Yeah, I think it would be awesome. Yeah. I'm all about Star Wars anything and okay. everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just feed it all to me. Yes. Feed me all the Star Wars. <laughs> Intravenous strip. Okay. <laughs> well, then you'll be glad to hear this. Um They've also got a new Star Wars show called Star Wars Resistance, and it's going to be an animated series. Um, and apparently it's going to be inspired by anime-type animation. Um, mm -hmm. It's set after Bloodline. I don't. I think you said you hadn't read Bloodline. Is that right, Melissa? I have it, but I've gotten through, like, maybe chapter one. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> well, Bloodline is basically Leia's story six years prior to The Force Awakens. So to put you in time. Mm -hmm. And so Star Wars Resistance is set at the beginning of the Resistance to the Rise of the First Order. So I would say it's probably between five and six years before TFA. Um, and I think it's going to be available on Disney XD and Disney Channel. And I imagine they'll also put it on the streaming service. So there's that. And I think they've got this because they have to replace Clone Wars, of course, and now Star Wars um, Rebels. They've got to replace Rebels. Rebels is done. Um, so, another animated show. We've also got more rumors that there's going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. What do you think? Maybe? Obi-Wan Kenobi? I think that would be a hit. Yeah, I mean, Ewan McGregor, who played Obi-Wan in the prequels, is just the right age, you know, yeah. to do uh, a, a standalone, maybe dealing with something that happens in the deserts of Tatooine while he's looking over Luke Skywalker, maybe. I mean, there's uh, a fan base for just about every character in Star Wars, sure. as we've discovered. Oh, some yes. of our friends would like to see some of the most random unheard yes. of <laughs> yes most obscure characters all right yes. so if there's a fan base for that then there's definitely a fan base for kenobi so yeah. bring it bring it and th this has been rumored for ages and maybe it'll be out in 2020 maybe who knows um and it hasn't been announced yet so it, it could be a pipe dream right um 
just just to continue on in this vein, um, Aaron Aldenreich, who plays Han Solo in Solo, A Star Wars Story, apparently let it slip, I think, to Vanity um, or Vanity Fair, um, that he has been signed for three Star Wars films. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think, um, oh, my gosh, the actress who... Who portrayed Jen Urso? Felicity was that her name? Oh, I forgot her name. Like she was signed to do a sequel. Well, obviously, spoiler alert for Rogue One, they all die. Um, so she's not really needed for a sequel. But I guess they locked him in just in case they needed another one. But a lot of folks I'm hearing stirrings about a potential Lando Calrissian movie. So I could see where maybe a movie that Lando is the lead character and Han kind of pops in and out, maybe. Does that sound cool? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lando... I was in the theater to see Infinity War a couple weeks ago. And they had up the cardboard marquee. Lando looked fly. That's all I'm saying. He looked fly. (laughs) I was like, okay, I like Lando. Um, And then we've got another six Star Wars films at least being developed. Ryan Johnson has a trilogy that he's writing, as do Benny Hoff and Wise of Game of Thrones fame. So you oh like gosh. Game of Thrones. Yes. And and so, well, you know, let me ask you this. Is it, Benny Hoff and Wise are Game of Thrones. Do you think they're going to give us a Star Wars that isn't kid-friendly? Would you welcome a Star Wars that wasn't kid-friendly? I'm you know just curious. You're talking to... Oh, you would, wouldn't you? (laughs) You would. I would. You'd be all over that like white on rice. I'd love it. I would love it. Like a rated R Star Wars, you'd be... (laughs) I'd be there. Huh. With bells on. I just don't know. I don't know what to think. devil horns. (laughs) The devil (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mercy. I think that would be awesome. But, um, you know, that would be a huge step away from what Star Wars is. Yes. It has been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's food for thought, right? But I I would be surprised if they went that route. Would that surprise you? Or do you think it would be like a step in the right direction? I think, Disney. It would broaden, I think it would broaden their audience. You think? Base. Yeah. Yeah, I totally do. Maybe it would bring in... Who? A diff- <laughs> I mean, it just depends on what direction they go with it. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I guess you'd like to see it, but maybe you doubt they'll go that way? Based on if history repeats itself, I'd be shocked. I mean, I, I mean, they kind of have just stood firm on mm-hmm. what they are. Mm-hmm. So I really just don't see it changing, but mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, for the record, as far as I know, um, all of these films, Ryan Johnson's new trilogy, the Benioff and Wise trilogy, None of them are Skywalker saga films. So, yeah, that's another kind of thought process that we're 
probably not going to see a lot of the Skywalkers anymore. Of course, there really aren't. The, the name Skywalker is dead now, right? Because Ben Solo is Solo. So, yes, he's a Skywalker, but he's a Solo, too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and I think Snoke makes that really clear in The Last Jedi when he says you have too much of your father's heart. He doesn't say you have too much of your mother's heart. He says you have too much of your father's heart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, in theory, his kids would be named Solo, assuming he fathers children. Um, I guess we'll have to let J.J. Abrams tell us if he's going to do that or not. Um, but do you, what do you think? Is that, is that right? Solo saga going forward, maybe? In like 10 years? Maybe? Maybe not? Sounds like a good direction. Yeah. I mean, you get all these other movies out of the way. Um, the other thing is new Forces of Destiny have dropped. Um, for those of you who don't know, Forces of Destiny are animated shorts for young children. This is designed to be, you know, your kid's first Star Wars content. And when I say animated shorts, I mean they're two to three minutes in length. And they show on the Disney Channel, like, in-between shows and things like that. And you can also find them on YouTube. And there's a mystery one coming out on May 25th. And um, I was listening to the Knights of Rant podcast the other day. And they were talking about who they thought it might be. And they kind of think it might be Lando and his droid L3. But, um, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe it's Lando and young Han Solo. Because they wouldn't want to drop that Forces of Destiny before the movie came out. And why drop that Forces of Destiny on May 25th if it wasn't Lando and or Han Solo, right? Because that's when the Han Solo movie comes out. The other thing is, the uh, the Prince and Princess set of Rey and Kylo Ren as a Forces of Destiny doll exists i have it in my house (laughs) and i'm wondering if maybe it's the long-awaited long-rumored ray and kylo ren forces of destiny episode what what are you Mm -hmm. betting on melissa gosh you know i i have no idea (laughs) yeah No, you're I, the one that dives into all of these like yeah. news, and you are just knee deep. And uh, no, you're you're deeper than knee deep. You're like always into these news and things for these different. And I'm just clueless. I'm just following. <laughs> Here I am with the hip waders on, <laughs> and Melissa's floating in the pontoon boat with an adult beverage, going, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> Yeah, no. The reality is, while Sally has been working on all of this podcast information, I've been working on the Deadpool podcast, so I'm a little bit out of the loop with this one. But, um, yeah, uh, sounds great. <laughs> well, no, I'm just curious, like, what? all right, so these Forces of Destiny episodes drop, like, eight at a time. You with me? Mm-hmm. And Because they're short, you know. Well, they only dropped seven. But they held one back to release it on May the 25th. And so I'm just wondering if it's one related to this movie that's coming out on the 25th. 
or if it's the long-awaited Ray and Kylo Ren one. And I was just wondering if you had a bet on that. I mean, I personally want it to be the Ray and Kylo Ren one because I will go down with the ship. I kind of think it will be maybe Lando and Han or Lando and L3 because it's really because of the movie timing. Does that well, make sense? Okay. Based on all of the um, merchandise that's out there and the way they've been presenting it, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it's Ray and Kylo. Mm-hmm. Considering it's an animated short for children. Right. They've right. kind of been presenting Ray and Kylo as a thing. A matched as a couple, set. A matched set. Yes. yes. That's a good way to describe it. Yeah. And, and children's toys that way. Yeah. So I can see that they're just, maybe that's some sort of, you know. They're prepping people for it. Yeah. 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 So that would be my bet. My bet would be Ray and Kylo. Um, This reminds me of a Facebook exchange that, that we once had with some folks about dolls and action figures but anyway <laughs> are they dolls or are, are they, they action, action figures, figures? <laughs> and, and i would contend <laughs> that those are one and the same but anywho <laughs> Shh, don't tell him maybe he won't hear this podcast okay so <laughs> um so the last bit of news almost 20 minutes in is that Star Wars Celebration 2019 has been announced for April of 2019 in Chicago. I've never been to the Windy City. I sort of want to go. Melissa, what are you thinking? Again, like, do we have enough people that love us out there that want to, (laughs) like, buy our tickets for a plane and a hotel and all that jazz? If, you, if anyone out there would like to fund our trip to Chicago, please let us know. <laughs> right? We will give you a shout out on every podcast from now until eternity. <laughs> and we'll take lots of pictures and yes. yeah, we'll yes. share them on our Facebook page. And tell them that you're all wonderful. Yes. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the, the thing that would be holding me back would be money because this is this is coming up fairly quickly. I mean, I know it's more it's less than a year away at this point, but I'm just sitting here thinking about all the things, you know, I have offspring. They require resources. A lot of resources. <laughs> so, yeah. so me going to, you know, <sighs> me going to Star Wars Celebration the year that the final saga film comes out is going to have to take a back seat. That hurt my heart. Mm. <laughs> mm. Ouch. That was painful. Okay. So, Melissa, um, do we have too much Star Wars? I've heard that argument. Too much Star Wars, too oversaturating the market. Are you good or what? I don't think this... Is that a real question? Like, Hey, yes, it is a real <laughs> question. Because I have had people say to me, they're going to oversaturate the market and kill Star Wars. And I I tend to disagree because I feel like, especially with like the live action television show and the animated television show and Forces of Destiny, you don't have to consume that if you don't want to, right? Right. Well, there, there's been animated shows right? out there already right. and all these things. And I would 
argue that it hasn't been oversaturated right as it is as I it mean, stands so marvel's putting out three movies a year, a year now so there are three <laughs> marvel movies right now that's <laughs> true and there will be a fourth <laughs> there will be a fourth in july so yeah i guess if you're feeling froggy you can go see all those movies in july um yeah so yeah i i'm okay with lots of star wars content personally but that's just me that's just me so um i guess we should move along to the han and lando novel which is called last shot are you ready for that melissa well again i have not read this book (laughs) so um we had originally thought about maybe doing a combined podcast between mm. Last Shot and Deadpool, but as it turns out, Deadpool is enough content, I think, to stand on its own. So Sally was going to cover Last Shot, and I was going to cover Deadpool, and so I'm I'm going to just be asking questions about the things you talk about on this podcast, because okay. I have no idea okay. <laughs> what happened, but I am very excited Mm -hmm. to hear about it so tell me tell me all about it uh, okay just as sort of background um prior to the films the lucasfilm has made a point to release a couple of books so there was a book prior to rogue one there were a couple books prior to the uh, force awakens as well as the last jedi and they a lot of times the road to you know the last jedi or whatever and this book is entitled last shot a han and lando novel and it's actually set in three different timelines so that one part is about lando x number of years ago i think 15 years ago then the next part is about han 10 years ago and then the next part is about han today and today is two years after the battle of jakku and well roughly two years after the battle of jakku because ben solo is two years old and we know that ben was born the day that, or right around the day that the Empire signed its final surrender. And the Empire signed its final surrender after they lost a massive battle over Jakku, which we see in The Force Awakens, because Rey, of course, is still scavenging from those from those Star Destroyers that went down on Jakku, right? And so the... Star Destroyers are just a couple of of uh, heaps in on Jakku at this point. Han is on Chandrilla with his wife Leia and son Ben Solo. And you know, I don't want to go into a bunch of things like the 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 book in general is about droid rights. Um, like, really? Yes, yes, it is. It, which to me is kind of interesting, right? This notion that droids... I mean, w- droids have personalities, right? Well, there, there's a whole argument about that line between, you know, artificial intelligence and when do they become human and... Or when do they become sentient, maybe? Yeah. Like human. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this book really does focus in on that. And I don't want to get 
too deep in the weeds on it because that's not what really stood out to me about this. But for me, it was more of the character journey, more of the character Han and his, what's happening with Han and his family. And I tell you, um, I, I'm really sort of interested in it, but I think it's really clear that, you know, BB-8 has his own personality, right? That R2-D2 certainly has his own personality, as does 3PO with his perpetually surprised look on his face. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, and who can forget K2SO? If there was ever a droid with a personality, it's K2SO, right? From Rogue One. Mm -hmm. Should I tell you the odds? They're high. <laughs> really high. <laughs> They're like, oh, we're going to die in space. Not me. I can survive in space. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I, it, droids often really provide a lot to to these movies. And so... Anyway, this well, that's unexpected. That's really not what I was thinking you were going to tell me this was about, but carry on. <laughs> like, oh, on. Um, now, to me, it's a lot of this, I think, goes back to to my interest in the redemption of Ben Solo. Okay. And, um, I feel like this movie did some interest, or excuse me, this book did some sort of interesting things with Ben Solo because they're describing Han as a new father, relatively new father. And then they're describing Ben Solo as a child. And so I read this book on, um, and I was really reading it for this so, um, what's interesting too, they spend so much time, um, sort of building the family. Does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. they're building the family unit and, um, and it talks about, um, their lives. So for instance, Han, this is a quote from page 15. Now, Han glanced at the sleeping form of his son on the couch. The boy had seemed to light up the whole world when he'd first arrived. This simple, impossible sliver of hope amid so much death and destruction. But after all these years of war, Han was still braced for battle, and a new fragile life meant a whole new sense of vulnerability. Wow. Right? Mm. That's just... Like... Think about Han Solo having that kind of reaction to anything. Like the Han Solo we know from The Last Jedi or The Return of the Jedi and Empire. I mean, right. I mean, it's, isn't that huge? Unexpected. Yeah. yeah. I know. And, um, and then, um, there are several others. Um, <laughs> He talks about, um, a, a lot of this is about Ben and his relationship with Ben. The things that I, that really stood out for me. And, um, some of it is so real. And if you're a parent and you've ever been a parent of a very small child, you know, they're, you're trying to get the kids to nap and you've done everything to get them to nap and you finally get them to sleep and you're like, 
don't move. If you breathe, I'm going to choke you alive. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. And then, and then you finally, and it turns out, oh, great, I left my coffee in the other room or whatever. And so, um, he, uh, he says, he, he, he says this and it was just amazing. Um, he says, he, Han, could probably catch a tiny snooze before he had to get ready, he thought, lying back. This is on page 18, by the way. Little Ben looked groggily, those dark eyes settling on Han, studying him. Han had no idea how a two-year-old could have such ancient eyes. It was, as, it was as if Ben had been waiting around for a millennium to show up at just this moment in history. Oh. Isn't that sweet? That oh is my sweet. gosh. And and I know that someone is going to accuse me of like woobifying Kylo Ren. I didn't write this. I wasn't commissioned to write this. Lucasfilm had this book written. I'm not woobifying Kylo Ren. Lucasfilm is woobifying Kylo Ren. So I guess my question for you, just based just on those two little things, why do you think they're doing that? Redemption. Do you, I mean, do you think so? I mean, I remember on our podcast with Frankie, we were having this discussion. You were like, well, you know, I'd be okay with like not a happy ending. That's not necessarily why I go to the movies. I personally can respect that. That doesn't mean I understand it, but I can respect it. <laughs> it's something mm -hmm. that, you know, you, it's something that you enjoy doing. I um, like movies that make me feel all sorts of emotions. Mm -hmm. I don't have to walk out of a movie and only feel happiness and joy mm -hmm. and you know I I can walk out of a movie and feel just thought provoked mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like mm -hmm. I I don't have to be just on cloud nine when I walk out of a theater I don't feel like I've been gypped yeah by <laughs> okay funny to walk out in tears like what the heck yeah <laughs> it just happened um, so well, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed Titanic as much as the next guy. I mean, I did the ugly jerk cry in the theater several times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think my point or my question though is in the context of Star Wars, mm -hmm. can you see an end in the context of Star Wars that doesn't include the redemption of Ben Solo? I could. In the context of Star Wars. I mean, Darth Vader didn't necessarily have a happy ending. But that's not redemption. redemption we're not, is, we're not guaranteed that he's going to have a redemption. I'm saying I do believe that's probably what they're playing at with, you know, all the little things they've been doing. But... I can't see it doesn't you don't always get a happy ending with Star Wars but, okay but redemption for everybody yeah but redemption does not necessarily equal happy ending and I'm talking about redemption I mean redemption arcs equal pain for somebody mm -hmm. and I think that that Ben Solo is going to suffer some pain and I think he already is suffering some pain but I think he's really going to suffer a lot of pain and to make up for the things that he's done. 
And I just don't see where, like, if if they if they don't redeem Ben Solo, Ben Skywalker Solo, what's all this for? What's all this for? If they don't redeem this guy, what have we done this for? To change history, maybe? To prepare us for a different model. A different Star Wars model. That, that could be. That, I'm, I don't think it's likely. But that just really for, cheats the narrative. Just to be the devil's advocate here. Yeah. I mean, it. So, I mean, that just really cheats the narrative, though. You know, it, that defies all good story. T- I mean, which is not to say that all movies that use utilize good storytelling, but I mean, they're really if they don't go some sort of redemption route, you're 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 cheating the narrative. You're not you're not doing it right. You know, um, and that would surprise me. I mean. The guy who is writing Nine with J.J. Abrams is um, is Chris Terrio, I believe. And he wrote Justice League, I think. Um, and I know he's written a couple of the, the DC um, movies, but he also wrote, more importantly to me, he wrote Argo which was a movie about the um, saving of the Americans who were trapped in the Canadian embassy in Tehran during the Iranian hostage crisis. And that movie was a strong movie. It was well written and Ben Affleck did a really good job directing it. So I don't know. It would just surprise me if they, it, it would devastate me, frankly, if they went in that direction and didn't redeem Ben Solo. I got, I can't even make that work in my head. And that's good. That's For gonna, your sake, I hope yeah. <laughs> that they do. Yeah. So you're not devastated. I, I just don't, I don't see how it will work without it. Unless they suddenly said, ah, we're going to split episode nine into two and we're going to have an episode nine and 10. And that is a, one of those crack spoilers people are out there saying that they're going to split this this last one of the trilogy into a whatever a forlogy is yeah. <laughs> a quadrilogy <laughs> I don't know um, anyway so um, back to the um, back to the, the bit about Han and Lando um, one of the things that they noted here is that the that the um, New Republic, like the New Republic that helped, that Leia helped found, technically mm-hmm. disarmed itself. So because they disarmed themselves, that left them vulnerable to... Now, the book doesn't say this. I'm pointing it out. It left them very vulnerable to the First Order because mm-hmm. they don't have the arms to defend themselves against the first order which is sort of an interesting take at this point in time um so uh the next thing that made me really laugh um (laughs) lando shows up he's mad at han about 
something that had happened 10 years ago with regards to the Falcon and so on and so forth. And, um, he said, Han shook his head, gestured vaguely around the room. Ben's toys scattered across the floor. Some mindless holo of happy little monkey lizards singing in trees, playing on repeat forever on the deck. BX-778 preparing calf again, even though no one had asked him to. Lando wrapped his fingers behind his head and leaned back. I don't even have to pull the, this is all your fault card, do I? You can't wait to get out of here. Han frowned. I just... The door flew open and Ben Solo, buck naked, hurled in with a scream, Uncle Wanwo! There's my little buddy, Lando said, scooping the boy up in his arms and turning him upside down to giggles and shrieks. Oh dear, Elsie muttered, whirling along in Ben's wake. Terribly sorry, sir. I was giving him a bath and he could barely contain himself when he heard that General Calrissian was here. The droid reached out and plucked Ben out of Lando's arms. That's all right, Lando said with a chuckle. Always happy to see young, young Mr. Ben. Han watched as his son squirmed in the droid's metallic arms, reaching out for Lando and bursting into tears as Elsie whisked him out of the room. I, it, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not doing this. I'm reading this. I'm not doing this. I didn't write this book. I mean, I would have written this, but he, I didn't write this book. The Raylos <laughs> didn't write this book. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, they're humanizing him. They're I mean, nobody says nice things about Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Cuz nobody I'll, wants to I'll, give him a redemption arc. He's far from Hitler. He's very he's not far. Not even Darth from Vader. And we gave Darth Vader a redemption arc. You know? Uh, eh. Um, so Han is really, um, Han in this book is really not certain about this whole dad thing. <laughs> and I th Han's learning what I think every parent learns the hard way. No one knows how to do this. Like, you're going to screw it up, right? Like, you're gonna screw it up. Apparently, I held Sarah too much, or I didn't hold her enough, or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I should have fed her this instead of fed her that. I mean, no, you know, as, as a parent, you do what you can do, but man. And it's not all nurture. No. God, no. Sometimes you can be is. the most wonderful parent in the world and still create a little psychopath so you sometimes think? it's just, yeah I think so I think sometimes people are just missing gray matter they're just born with defects mm. I could make a case in point but I'll, I'll not yeah although that individual didn't have the best of parents either so maybe that's not a good point moving along <laughs> do we need to have a therapy session <laughs> oh goodness we could have a therapy session it would be amusing i'm sure yeah yeah i have no filter well um, um that was what mother was gonna be <laughs> therapy session a therapy we session. might still we might still get to mother 
Yeah. I'm sure. We just got so much. Heck, we've got to do Deadpool still. Speaking um, of movies that don't end happily, holy moly. Oh, good grief. I'm already, I just, I think about that movie and it makes me a little sick. Mm-hmm. Like, just, oh. Uh, um, you know, this whole book, it keeps on coming back to that whole thing. Um, Han doubting himself, you know, doubting his skills as a father. At one point on page 39, if he was being honest with himself, Ben might be better off without him. At least until he could get it together and learn how to be a father for real, not just some reckless man-child who happened to have a kid. I mean, Han is 30 years old and having these thoughts. 32 years old and having these thoughts. Holy cow. I mean, and it's... You know. Um, the other thing is, Lando's got a love interest in this book, which is interesting. She's a Twi'lek. And oh, Twi'lek! Yeah, awesome. she's a Twi'lek, and um, those things are expensive. If you want to cosplay one of them, holy, those things are like four hundred dollars for cheaper a silicone than, head piece. It's ridiculous. Cheaper than Phasma, I suppose. But then you have to either make or buy the rest of the costume and do all the body paint. Oh, mm. yeah. I don't think I could cosplay. I mean, I could make a costume, but I don't think I'd do a very good cosplay. You would have to if we got funding. Okay, here's another reason people need to fund just to make Sally cosplay. Like, you need to make an agreement. You need to make an agreement, like right now, <laughs> that if somebody pays for us to go to Chicago, that you will cosplay and you will post pictures. I Who would you cosplay to... as if you did? Me? I don't know. Yeah. You tell me. Old Probably Leia? Leia? Not old Leia. No. Well, I certainly not going to be metal bikini Leia. Uh, no. Leia <laughs> you know, in the white robe Leia yeah. with the buns. No, I wouldn't. I, You know what I would like to cosplay? If I was going to cosplay Leia, I like Leia... Um, Leia at the award ceremony at the end of Star Wars, where she's giving the medals to Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. I like that Leia because she's very regal in that one, and I actually like Leia on Hoth with the white jacket and all that. Mm -hmm. But it'd be really hot to cosplay that. The other thing mm -hmm. I like is um, that would be really expensive to cosplay. But oh my gosh, there's so much fodder. Padme Amidala. Did she not oh, have yeah. the best costumes? I mean... I don't think that would be that expensive. That's just makeup and cloth. Like... Yeah, I mean, I you could, could sew That it. would be the cheapest, I think. Well, yeah, besides could, Leia. I could sew it. Yeah. You can make that. Me and you can sew. Yeah. We can sew. Um, That's we're a... talented like that. <laughs> <laughs> we're self-taught like that. Um... <laughs> don't look at the seams. Okay. So, <laughs> um, sorry. Getting off track. Yeah. But. Sorry. 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Throw a wig on. Be Mon Mothma, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> a redhead. Okay. I am not a redhead. So, anyway, this book, uh, a lot of Han really doubting himself. He says, I don't know, Lando. All this is a mystery to me. I never thought I'd be a husband, much less a father. None of it makes any sense. 
I try to spend time with the boy. He's in tears. I go away. He's mad I left. Kids barely got a personality and I'm already messing it up. I mean, and it's just this over and over and over again where he's just sort of tormented by he's not being the best father and he doesn't know how to be a dad. And that helps to sort of put in perspective Kylo Ren when he's talking to Ray in TFA and says, you feel like Han Solo is the father you've never had. He would have disappointed you. Holy crap, right? But that's... I don't know. Based on what I'm hearing, he sees himself. He sees his flaws, which I think is pretty Mm -hmm. important for an individual to be Mm -hmm. self-aware. That's a great quality. Mm -hmm. He couldn't have been that bad. Because when you're self-aware, you usually try to fix your problems. So obviously he was working on them. Well, here's the other thing I think we need to understand. Ben Solo is psychic. <laughs> right? He has the force. Mm-hmm. He may not be able to read someone's mind when he's two, three years old. But he certainly is going to feel their emotions. And if he does something, particularly something that scares them, he's going to know that that this person is scared of him. Um, and then there is some indication that you know, and you know this, when you're a teen, you're very self-involved, right? You, it's all about me, me, me. And I know Mm -hmm. this because I teach and teens don't have that. Teens are not adults. Their brains are not fully formed. And so he's sort of stuck in this time frame where it's about him. And so he knows, like, let's say he loses control of his force abilities and does something. He knows that his parents are upset with him. He, he feels it. And when they're arguing about him, he's going to blame himself, which then makes the situation worse. And so, and he feels neglected by both of them because Han is always off on these missions because he, he's, Han's doubting himself as a dad. So he leaves. And then when he leaves, he feels bad because he left and he wants to come back. But, you know. He doesn't feel like he's any good at the whole fatherhood thing. He feels like he's better as a smuggler. Leia is a politician. Politician. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, and when you're, one of the last things in the book, Leia's like, there will be times when you and I, talking about Han Solo, go off on our own. Well, if you're a kid, you're going to feel abandoned by your parents, right? If they go off without you, because you think that they need to be with you because you're a kid. Because that's how kids are wired. And if you are a psychically sensitive kid. Is that we had two self-absorbed parents. I don't know that they were necessary. I mean, they love their son. It's just, I think, I think you have two very busy working parents. Who are trained to put other things. Or who default to putting other things maybe ahead of themselves and in some cases ahead of their family i'm not i'm not trying to jump on this whole han and leia were terrible parents thing and this is what created it didn't help i don't think because he doesn't understand right he doesn't get it he doesn't understand why mom isn't there or dad isn't there i guess i don't know 
I don't know. It's hard. So what do you think his defining moment was? The whole Luke situation? I think for Ben Solo, I think Leia tells us when she says, I never should have sent him away. I think Ben probably at some point had lost control and done something. Maybe he hurt someone accidentally. And so she said, we have to send him to Luke to train him so he doesn't do this kind of stuff. So he can control himself. And Han, I'm not sure what Han, or how Han responded to that. But it wouldn't surprise me if Han was upset about it. That he didn't want his son to be trained as a Jedi, but felt unqualified to stop it because he's expressed his, I don't know how to do this. So he's feeling like, I don't know how to do this. So let me, I guess I just need to agree. Okay. Send him away. But it feels like, it just kind of feels like when Leia makes the call to send Ben to Luke, I think she sort of loses Han at the same time. Like, Han starts spending more time out in the galaxy in the Millennium Falcon again. And not coming home as much. And it's not that they're angry at one another. Because by bloodline, which is, as I said, six years before TFA, Ben is about 24-ish. 23, 24-ish. And he's been off with Luke for some time. And the implication in bloodline is that that Han and Leia have not been together for some time. So that makes me kind of think that that happened simultaneously. They're not angry at each other. They're just kind of not together. They're not Mm -hmm. divorced. They're just not living together. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, he saves her. He loves her. It's not that. And she loves him, but they don't live together. And you know what? There are relationships where people love each other, but they cannot live together. Right. I know of more than one. I know more than one situation where people love each other and they just can't. They can't can't even co-parent. They just can't live together. So, I don't know. I don't know. But this book is, is really sort of just driving that emotional stuff with Han Solo home. And, and I'm sitting here wondering, why are you putting this in this book before the Solo movie, you know? And obviously Lucasfilm wants us to see it. They want us to read it. Um, The other thing that they do talk about is L3. And L3 is Lando's droid. And um, it's... L3 is a female-coded droid. I don't think we've seen really female-coded droids yet. Do you remember any female-coded droids? Nope. I mean, this feels like the first one. Certainly the first major one. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. we've heard... Maybe we've heard an occasional one. And I've seen a few in books, but... I mean, know. if anybody would know, you would know. But I haven't. This is curious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it's... um. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, I am... Looking through things that I've sort of highlighted in this. And um, the author does a really good job of sort of describing what it's like to be a parent. Not trying to wake up a kid and all that stuff. Which is kind of funny. And um, he also does a pretty good job about 
uh, describing their relationship as a couple and how much they really care about each other. Um, for instance, on page 112, Leia knew he was no good at talking about stuff, but she always tried to get him to do it anyway. She'd ask a straightforward question and then settle back with the most serene possible expression on her face and wait for him to shake loose some semblance of an answer. That's exactly what she was doing now, in fact. Um, that was how well she knew him, well enough to help him get out of his own way, get out of his way herself, and yet still somehow be there for him when things made sense again. So, I mean, this, I mean, Han loves Leia, right? Mm -hmm. And this is not an unhealthy relationship. Um, goes on to say, um, he looked up, I think I miss you. The hologram of Leia laughed. Well, that's a relief. Don't sound so surprised about it, though. Han cringed. I didn't mean relax, Lunk. I know what you mean. Data? Ben's little head appeared in the holo blinking. Then a smile broke out on his face. Data! Hey, little buddy, Han said. The boy reached out and then frowned. He was still figuring out this holo thing. Had probably just watched his own little hand swat through his father's glowing image. Come, sleep some more, Ben, Leia cooed, pulling him close before he could get too caught up in the phantom dad problem. Um, always taming the wild beast, Han smirked. Plenty of practice, Leia shot back. I don't deny it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, wow. Look, like a kid FaceTiming and, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skype, you know, it's like space Skype. Yeah. And um, it's killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. Okay, <laughs> um, let's see. So, just yeah. to backtrack a little bit, I did have to look because I was super curious. And apparently, um, Clone Wars... The animated series included two um, female Droids. bots. Yes. Okay. Um, BD three thousand and Betty Bot VJ. Wow. That's. I don't repeat that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it is. We are talking about Clone Wars, but anyway, uh, the animated series. Right, but but I think the point still remains the same. We haven't really seen female-coded droids in the movies. They've been mostly uh, male-coded. And yeah. um, I, I, mean, I even get the feeling that R2-D2 and BB-8 are male droids. I could be wrong, but I just feel like they're sort of male. I don't know, maybe it's the color scheme or what. Apparently, um, TC-14 from The Phantom Menace was um, thought to be a female droid, but mm -hmm. it was voiced by John Fensum. So, so not actually coded as so a female. So not actually coded as a female, but I think was supposed to be a female. I don't really know the details, but anyway. How difficult is it to pull a woman out of the corridor and say, voice this droid? Right? Like, there had to have been a couple women floating around on set. <laughs> Oh, right? I mean, yeah. Padme had an army of handmaidens. Pull one of them. They're not doing anything and start talking. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not. Um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, this book is just. So what percentage would you say is dedicated to the droid rights? The droid rights thing and the fight 
for droid rights. Um, and well, that's not exactly the right way to put it, but the whole droid thing is the mm-hmm. basis for the book. And my attention was naturally deflected, right? You start talking about Ben Solo and I'm there for it and I forget about droids. So, um, yeah, there's some, <laughs> there's some pretty funny lines too. Um, and probably the funniest line was Han talking about Lando or talking to Lando. Just because your whole world is a sultry cape strut along the galactic catwalk of life doesn't mean the rest of us have to live in discomfort. <laughs> Land nice. with the capes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just because your whole world is a sultry caped strut along the galactic catwalk of life. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like, awesome. Oh my gosh. It's just, oh my gosh. It's so funny. So, um,. And then Lando talking about, or thinking about Leia, he says Lando knew he was pretty skilled in the art of saying one thing and conveying another. But Leia Organa took it to a whole other level entirely. She was smiling and even her body language seemed to agree with the words, but there was no mistaking the threat lying barely concealed beneath the surface of what she said. That's my girl! Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, and of course, you know, I love that aspect of the story too, but I'm fascinated with the whole droid thing. And now I'm even more excited about the book. I might absolutely have to listen to it on my trip home this weekend. Yes. I mean, I've been binge watching, um, Battlestar Galactica, which I don't know uh-huh. if you're familiar with that, uh-huh. but it's about artificial intelligence and mm. robots and basically ro- robots that look like humans and, mm-hmm act like humans and are interesting almost non-detectable interesting yeah um mm-hmm. there's an there's another one hold on ben's little head appeared in the solo his eyes wide data han stepped back and an unstoppable smile burst across his face hey kiddo you all right ben nodded and then opened a toothy grin of his own uncle Whoa! <laughs> hey little starfighter lando said you love that. Yes. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Wenlo, I love that. Oh, my gosh. I could just see it, too. You remember Sticky Type? You remember my kid with the Sticky Type? You don't remember the Sticky Tape? Oh, this hurts my heart. This don't remember Sticky Type. Anyway, kids say the cutest little things. They do. And I'm such a sucker. Such sucker, and then I'm trying to remember what the other saying was that I used to say all the time, and now I've forgotten that I got from one of your kids because it's been too long. Now they talk like adults. I know, it sucks. Sometimes it'll come to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. The whole thing is the the basis for this whole thing is droid rights and L three, and I think this the point of this book, in large part, is to sort of for like diehard fans to introduce them to L3 so that they have some background for L3 for solo the movie because L3 acts as a co-pilot for the Millennium Falcon and Lando. And, um, I'm interested to see, I think the character's Phoebe Waller-Bridge or the actor, actress is Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And, 
the thing that distracted me the most, of course, was the was it was the Ben thing, and I admit that it it distracted me big time. So, um, yeah, and um, in terms of preparing me for the movie, I don't feel like it spoiled the movie at all. I think it just, or I guess I'll know. I guess I'll know after I see the movie, but I feel like, if anything, it just sort of gave me a little bit of a heads up on what kind of droid L3 is and what I can kind of expect. And, and Lando really seems to respect L3 as a droid and L3 as a, as a being. And there is some, just even from the start, like Mon Mothma sort of chides Han Solo for not being polite to their household droid. And and he's like, I don't want to hear it because he doesn't really love Mon Mothma. And, I mean, she's always, you know, dragging Leia around, right? And, and there's always something that Leia has to deal with. And generally, Mon Mothma has something to do with it. So, um, yeah, I got distracted, and I'm definitely ready to see Solo. Um, I've heard from people that were at the premiere that it was great, and I've heard that it was... Um, I've heard people that didn't like it, but the person who didn't like it was really honest that they don't like heist films. I like heist films. Like, I really like heist films. So, hopefully I'll enjoy it. I'm really excited. I think it looks like it's going to be different and fun and but you're saying basically that this book in no way is going to spoil it no 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 okay i can't imagine that it would um that was kind of part of the reason why i was avoiding this book but um there's no way that lucasfilm would put out a book before a movie came out that would spoil the, the movie i just that no they wouldn't do that yeah they wouldn't and it doesn't it flat out does not spoil it i just like I said, I got distracted because there's all this stuff about baby Ben Solo and I'm seeing this tiny little dark haired kid. I'm like, oh, heart. <laughs> How can they do this to me? You're killing me, Smalls. Why are you doing this? And I love him a lot. And it will yeah. break my heart if they have him die unredeemed. You can redeem Darth Vader you can redeem Kylo Ren. So, um, so for me, it all goes back to the sequel trilogy, I guess, because that's, that's my re-entry point into the series, right? It's a re-entry point. So, yeah. So I really like this book. I think you should listen to it on the way home. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how long that, I have to look. I'll be on the road for four hours. So. Mm. Charming. Hmm. Isn't it though? Yes. Well, I bow to your superior Star Wars knowledge and obviously it's not superior time and effort that you spend in researching all of this information. You researched the droids, remember? (laughs) I didn't know what female droids were there. So, yeah, no, I don't. uh, There's no superior knowledge here um but i um i'm i'm thinking that this book is worth the read um i enjoyed the way it was written um 
maybe not quite as much as I enjoyed Claudia Gray, but you have to understand that Claudia Gray is a woman, and I think she's written a lot of books for women. And the other thing is, Claudia Gray is writing about, or has written a lot about, Leia. She wrote Bloodline, and then she wrote Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Both books which I highly recommend. And I have not read Lost Stars yet, but I've only heard good things about Lost Stars. So, Tell know, me about Lost Stars. Lost Stars is about... Um, a young man and a young woman, one of whom in the years, uh, early years, I guess, of the rebellion or during the years of the rebellion, one of them is an imperial officer and another one deserted the empire to become a rebellion person. And it's sort of their star-crossed lovers story. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I've only heard good things about it. And there have been several other books that have talked about... Um, how do I put this? Um, there have been other books in the Star Wars universe that have had this sort of enemies to lovers trope. So the enemies to lovers trope is not mm -hmm. unheard of in Star Wars. It's just, it, it's been mostly confined to books, but enemies to lovers is not an unusual trope. It's actually very common. In literature and movies too. I mean, I've I've watched a lot of teen movies. Yeah, enemies to lovers is a big deal, you know. Or at least well, we've, we've talked about the fine line between hate and love. Yeah. Well, it's not even opposite, right? No. Those emotions are not opposite. No. So, yeah, I, I I feel like I've kind of strayed from the title of this little podcast, but. Um, I'm interested to see, I'm interested to see what they do in Solo in terms of, um, the Kira character played by Amelia Clark. And yeah. I, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> so I'm interested to see about what that's going to turn out to look like. And I'm, yeah, apparently it's a heist film. I'm good with heist films. I think this movie is really going to be. A love song for the guys who want Star Wars to be macho and <laughs> Star Wars. You know what I mean? Just not a whole lot of not a whole lot of love, not a whole lot of deeper emotions. I think this is just gonna be a heist film that that Star Wars fans who don't care anything about larger story arcs can point to and go, This is my Star Wars. That's kind of where I think it's going to come down, but I interesting, be interesting, yeah. which might explain why it's coming out so quick after. No, no, no. I know the answer to that. I know the answer to that. Oh, apparently. Do tell. I was listening. All right. First of all, um, I was listening to, and I don't really listen to this podcast anymore, mostly because it's so, oh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to get some blowback. I'm going to say it anyway. I don't listen to this podcast very much anymore because it is such a male-dominated perspective that doesn't look into the, in the episodes that I listen to didn't really look into the narrative so much, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't really speak to me as a podcast. And the podcast, um, it's called Making Star Wars. They actually got like 
the entire plot of TFA, the entire plot of TFA, and posted it before the movie came out. <gasps> yeah. And Lucasfilm locked that up. They did not have The Last Jedi. <laughs> um, but they have really good, like, marketing links, I think. They've got somebody that scoops them for marketing. But anyway, mm. I I don't necessarily agree with their point of view very often. And, um, yeah. Yeah. They're a they're a big podcast and they said that um they had that their understanding was this Han Solo movie because the initial plan was Star Wars would come out episode 9 or 8 would come out in December then Solo would come out now and then we were supposed to get episode 9 in May of 2019 rather than December but when they fired Colin Trevorrow, they had to push it back because they needed a script. They, they didn't have anything. And they weren't going to be able to get it finished by summer blockbuster season for 2019. So they pushed it back to Christmas. But they left Solo where it was, despite a massive crunch in terms of getting 70% of the movie refilmed. Because apparently it would cost more in storage fees. Um, like it would have been cheaper to destroy all the toys for the movie and remake Dang. them wow. and then put them out in December than it would have been to just go ahead and release the movie. Like, cause they would have had to store those toys. Yeah. For like force Friday and all this. So it was just an economics decision. So we've got another star Wars movie six months in instead of a year. And I think they're, I think they're probably like, all right, let's just go with, we're a Christmas release now, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. hmm. But. That's interesting. Yeah. But no, um, I, I do. I think that this movie is going to be geared very much towards the folks that are not particularly interested in the, in the, in the larger narrative arc of the sequel trilogy. Was that diplomatic enough? <laughs> I think you'll still get some blowback for that, but yeah. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Come at me. Um, but I know you well enough to know you don't care. <laughs> you don't really care. <laughs> no. When has is, when is Sally ever bit her tongue? Occasionally. <laughs> it's good that people cannot hear my thoughts. <laughs> generally speaking because wow just wow the things I don't say like yeah, that's, th that's what you need to understand if you like think about the things that I do say and realize that I have filtered myself imagine what I'm not saying yeah I don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that I don't have the ability to read minds. That would no, 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 no. I don't want the ability to read minds. Absolutely not. Nope, nope, nope. And there have been times when I've been very, very polite. Like I've tried to be polite about things 
because it's always because I don't want to have bad manners. So I don't. Because <laughs> you're Southern. And my mama raised me better than that. And she slapped my lipstick off my mouth if I was as rude as I wanted to be sometimes. <laughs> so, um, anywho, we've been at it for over an hour. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't even read the book. I'm sorry. <laughs> But now you might because you're interested yeah, in droid rights. The yeah. droid rights is very interesting. I yeah. I have to admit that piqued my interest. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. Even, one of the one of the things that people kind of complain about is that um, the author used sort of modern modern jargon. Like Lando is talking to Han and he says, "It's not a good look." Well, that's something that, you know, we would say or younger people today would say and people were really quibbled about that. You know, it didn't bother me. Like, that didn't take me out of it at all. So, I don't know. Something to think about if you, if you um, are going to listen to it. You know, I don't know if it will bother you or not. But Probably not. Know. So, you definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Where would you place it among the other books that you've read oh star wars Ooh. related well obviously um <laughs> we're not going to get into like all my favorite books we'd be mm -hmm. here a while um i th think my favorite star wars book has got to be bloodline mm-hmm maybe Leia Princess of Alderaan depending on the mood I'm in mm -hmm. and I would say that this is right behind him oh wow yeah this is definitely in the top five probably number three probably okay. number three that's a good uh, endorsement yeah yeah it's probably number three um yeah I mean I really like the Ahsoka book as well so there's that um yeah I'd say it's number three. All right. And so, yeah. Well, there you have I'd, it. I'd read it. I <laughs> Obviously, I'd read it. I'd tell you to read it. Um, and that kind of leaves out the novelizations, doesn't it? Um, I'd, I'd say the novelizations round out my top five. So, um, really, it was actually pretty well written. So, yeah. And... It's a nice introduction to L3 and certainly gives some really valuable backstory to Han Solo and his feelings as a father, um, particularly when his son was very young. So anyway, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing tonight. Uh, no problem. <laughs> I guess we will let our listeners go. Um, if you need to get in touch with me, I am Palmetta Blue on Twitter. And you can also find me on WordPress at Palmetta's Desk. Where can folks find you, Melissa? I am Paxi Babe on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Great. And you can also reach the podcast if you need to reach the podcast um, at Say When Podcast on Facebook, as well as um, our email, which is also saywhenpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And if you have questions for the podcast, please, please send them to us. We'll be happy to address them on mic. Next time, I think we're planning on talking about Deadpool. 
the red clad elephant in the room and I will do my due diligence and make sure I see the movie. Um, I will sign out saying, may the force be with you. And as always, truth and justice. Bye y'all. Bye.